1: Bot. News. I'm Randall James, and with me is Tyler Kamstra. Hi, everybody. And Random Pal. Howdy. All right, we are gathered here together to talk about what has been at the top of everybody's mind the past couple weeks. That's right, we have news on the D&D movie.
2: I mean, kinda. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're, we're kidding. That's not why we're here. Please don't turn this off. Yes. <laughs> no, no.
0: I, I you know, like the, So there, there have been two previous D and D movies, and they were both, without a doubt, some of the movies that I have ever seen in my life. There have been three
2: officially titled D and D movies. The third one wasn't better than the first two. You're not missing anything. Oh, <laughs> wait, wait. How do you know which one he's skipping? Let's see. Uh, you saw the one with all of the dragons, yes? Uh, well, with like Jeremy, the, that, that was like the, the stereotypical
0: Iron. party. The stereotypical party, like goes off, and yeah, and there's some dragons, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that. The one with all the dragons fighting is one. The
2: one with stereotypical party is two. The one that's clearly fourth edition is three. Oh,
0: yeah. The the fourth edition one I have not seen. Okay. Anyway,
2: so there is a new Dungeons & Dragons movie coming. It is slated for release in March of 2023. It was slated for release in, I believe, March of 2021, but then COVID. So, you know. And here we are. Yeah. So I'm I'm weirdly excited about this. Uh, The three existing official Dungeons and Dragons movies are not great works of cinema, but they are like a good campy sit down and like, ah, this is ridiculous. And I love it kind of movie. This is going to be another swing at making a real good movie with real good actors. Like the, the lead protagonist is Chris Pine, who's been in, long list of movies the star trek remakes Um, captain james tiberius kirk come on yeah uh he was the guy in wonder woman yep he was (laughs) the guy in wonder woman
0: sure was he he was also he was also in uh the the um tom clancy movie that came out mm, five ish years ago yeah, and then they just yeah. abandoned that and went for the the Amazon series with uh, John Kaczynski instead, which anyway. was also fine.
1: I like the Chris <laughs> Pine movie. I, I will say like I enjoy anytime a Chris Pine movie comes out, it's like this
2: this is one of these Chris's that I enjoy uh when he does the acting. Anyways, I love that. So, <laughs> so my point is movie's coming out it has some big names in it there basically hasn't been any press on it since it was delayed in 2021 and then randomly somebody asked Chris Pine a question like hey what's up with the D&D movie in the past like month or two and he's like oh it's really great it's it's somewhere in the vein of Princess Bride, The Goonies. It's an like an adventure comedy romp. So he's Monty very Python. Much, Monty Python. Yeah, so he's very much setting the stage. Like you're gonna go in, it's gonna be like a goofy D and D story, but you're not gonna go in. It's not gonna take itself too seriously. And I'm really hoping that it really captures that feel of. Me and a bunch of my friends are going to murder Hobo our way through this adventure in the most comical way we can possibly manage, because, in my opinion, that is the truest form of D&D. Yeah, I feel like this has to be campy. Um, I, I swear,
1: people, this isn't actually what we're doing this episode, but let's just yes. keep going for a minute longer. Bear with us. Yeah, like, it, it, it has to be campy, one. Uh, what would you say, though? What would you do if you walked in the theater and they went the Jumanji route? Oh, oh
2: no. <laughs> like real people dragged into
1: D&D? Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, it's, it's literally like in the 1980s. It's what our moms warned us
0: about, right? <laughs> like, uh, we are uh, go go actually in? just we... describing monsters and mazes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, think what we're saying is
2: it's been done.
1: That's fair. Okay. <laughs> Here's the deal. When it comes out, we're going to go watch it. Yes. so hey you know uh, Hollywood producers listening you're taking advice you think like I need to learn mechanics I need to brush up we're going to make this thing happen Uh, please don't cancel the film
2: Please, yes. I'm very excited for it, really. (laughs) Okay, all right, good. So, Tyler, what are we actually doing tonight? Uh, Well, well, tonight we're going to talk about a whole bunch of RPG products that are coming out in 2022. Now, this isn't a full schedule of everything that's going to be released in 2022 because tabletop RPG companies are often very tight-lipped about their release schedules. So, we're going to talk about all the cool stuff that we know about, from the handful of companies that we, the three of us, very actively follow. Like, if your favorite RPG company does not make it into this episode, it's not because we don't like them. They're probably wonderful, but, you know, a 30-minute news episode, we can only say so much.
1: And and I'm once again
2: going to make a personal commitment to you at home who
1: has that topic, that book that we didn't talk about in this session. Um, We're sorry we didn't cover it. We didn't mean to miss it. And the next time we do this episode... We 100% promise we are going to include that content. I guarantee it. Roll for deception.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, no, but seriously, if there are other companies that people think we should be covering, please let us know. We are not omniscient, and there is a lot of cool
0: stuff out there that we don't know about yet, but that we would very much like to. Yeah. Well, speaking of roll for deception, uh, let's let's take a a stab at 5e first. So, um, you know, one big obvious thing the monsters of the multiverse, uh which may or may not have more kindness at the front of it depending on how many letters you want. Uh the standalone, we're gonna get that on May 17th. If you have been you know enjoying your your three pack uh of previously released content um uh, that's not super big news for you. Um <laughs> but there's some really cool stuff in Monsters of the multiverse and so if you already had all the stuff and now you want to pick that up and take a look at it, you know, if you perhaps hear something about uh, an episode about Surprise, you you may enjoy the, uh, the new bugbear that we get in there because <laughs> Surprise features heavily. It won't all be completely done by the time this episode drops,
2: but by the time Monsters of the Multiverse is available as a standalone book, all of our character optimization coverage will be updated to cover everything that's in the book. So if you've been waiting for the standalone book, you grab it and you think, I don't know what to do with these things someone please help me we've got you and if you're listening to this after june of 2022
0: uh that content's there just go to the website and find it right now it's it's here it's available time time is a construct (laughs) you know what you know what else are constructs i'm going to torture this metaphor citadels (laughs) citadels are constructs (laughs) that's that's true buddy why don't you keep going with that (laughs) <laughs> well, so, it, particularly if you happen to want to journey through a Radiant Construct, at Citadel, you know, same thing. Uh, that comes out June 27th. It, it's sort of like a, an anthology book, functionally, um, in, in kind of the vein of Tales of the Awning Portal. Um, but, like, even more anthology, like, they, they're, they're I, as I understand it, they're very loosely related, as opposed to, like, trying to follow a plot arc. Uh, we get 13 standalone adventures, spanning levels 1 to 14. There's some cool stuff about it.
2: Yeah, this is the first official adventure for Dungeons and Dragons that was written entirely by people of color. So this is very exciting that Wizards is really embracing diversity here and trying to bring in new concepts, new ideas, new ways of telling stories. So I'm really hoping that we see some exciting new ideas explored in this adventure that maybe we haven't seen before. Also, on a personal note, uh, my brother-in-law Hans worked as an editor on this book, so I'm very excited to see his name in the credits for the first time. All right, Uh, have we heard anything else from Watsi for what's going to be coming out? Uh, No, they're being very tight-lipped because that's what they do. Um, Generally from Wizards of the Coast, we learn about things about two months before they come out. They generally don't announce anything until it's basically being printed at that point it's generally too late to make any changes to the book so they know it's safe to get it out there (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) so we don't know anything else that's coming out past journeys through the radiant citadel we've already gotten call of the nether deep this year monsters of the multiverse comes out in may journeys through the radiant citadel comes out in june if you go back to our future of DD episode we talked about how they said that we're getting between two and three classic settings returning for the first time in fifth edition. Help me count how many have we gotten this year so far? I'm just trying to. Zero. zero. Oh, okay, good. It's zero. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so, so when they say classic settings, they mean like from before fifth edition. So people are waiting for Dragonlance, Dark Sun, Spelljammer. Birthright, like those are the four big names that people are still asking for to come back. We've gotten Unearth Arcana with uh The Heroes of kryn was Dragonlance. We've gotten um uh, Races of the Multiverse, which was both Spelljammer and Dark Sun. So it's entirely possible that we get all three of those. I think Watsy may have actually forgotten that Birthright existed, which is I can't blame them. It never got updated in third edition. Most people don't know exists. So what's the signal that birthright might be coming out? It it there isn't. Um the, okay it's most likely we will not get birthright back and i I'm because sure the two to three would be dark sun, yes, uh dark sun, Spelljammer
0: jammer, and dragon lance all I think dragon lance' got brought in into third edition, random remind me mm, I don't think it had a a or er, no, it did it had a three o setting book that I don't think ever got any kind of three point five content there you go,
2: yeah, so so spell jammer, dark sun dragon all got brought into third edition, birthright did not so. Most people just don't know Birthright exists, so it's probably not coming back. And
1: good news, though, if you're a Dragonlance fan, we are going to have a Dragonlance novel. uh, Dragons of Deceit coming out
2: August of 2022. Yes, and that's the first time we're getting a Dragonlance novel in a fairly long time. So it's it's possible that the long-standing legal disputes have been quietly handled or something, and I'm hoping that between that and Heroes of Crin, that's good indication that Dragonlance is going to make an official comeback in the rules. Yeah, I
1: think that makes perfect sense. It feels like if, if we were in the business of reading tea leaves, uh, that's a good reading of said cup of tea leaves. All right. Uh, there's also a lot of really cool third-party publishing content coming out. So we got to talk to the folks at Cobalt Press uh, when we were at GaryCon, uh, and yeah, they've got as as it was put, there is constantly a Kickstarter going. Um, but from these Kickstarters, we're going to be getting Toma Beast Three. Um, I've been looking a lot at Toma Beast Two. Some of the older monsters that we're able to pull from that, they're really awesome. And so at this point now, I'm like anticipating. Toma Beast 3. As soon as it comes out, I'm probably going to pick it up uh, because I want to heckle you folks with these monsters. (laughs) yeah i can't blame you yeah. when we talked to alex it was also really cool talking about toe of heroes so there wasn't a lot that got put out there um i think some people have been able to play test that we have not been able to yet uh but we would love to uh <laughs> the cool thing that he talked about was uh uh telekinetic
2: gun wizards yes yes i went and dug up the art on their kickstarter it's in one of like the last couple update posts uh there's a gunslinger wielding pistols looking like a gunslinger and next to the gunslinger is a wizard telekinetically wielding five pistols to flex on the gunslinger and it just peak wizard perfect
1: yeah i i i how does this not wind up being like op unless like okay you can't go through the full like imagine like i've got my five guns Uh, running around like a giant like Gatlin gun kind of thing, just (laughs) spinning and shooting at the same time, and then through the hole that they make, boom, fireballs. Perfect.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, you know, realistically, we've actually seen a depiction of a gun wizard in some popular culture media. Um, If anyone remembers, uh, you know, a little movie, the um, X-Men, the first X-Men movie, Uh, you get that wonderful scene of Magneto just telekinetically wielding, you know, like 150 guns. It's a good time. Just get to do that in d d He did that repeatedly, right? Like even when when
1: they reset it and then it was oh, what's his name? Michael fassbender Perfect. Yeah, yeah, I think he does the same game, right? Like he's good at it. What's Michael fassbender's mutant power? He's Magneto.
2: Oh, I I was or trying an Android. to Android joke. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> anyway,
1: <sometimes> Magneto Android. <laughs>
2: Anyway, I'm very excited about gun wizards, and I'm sure they're going to balance it with the classic, like, gunslinger just has to reload, wizard needs to go take a nap. That's fair, actually. (laughs) Each of those guns gets one bullet off, and then, oh, yeah. (laughs) Feeling very sleepy. So so pre-orders are available for Tome of Heroes right now through the Kobold Press website. Let's see. I believe Alexander told us that it would be available in July. Um, I don't have a specific date in July for that. Um, we haven't gotten that specific yet. Uh and then Tome Beast 3, the Kickstarter just ended, so the release date is still to be announced. Okay.
1: And and yeah, like we don't have links to those things from the internet, but we're we're hoping sources are good and that content's gonna be available. Also, incidentally, July of twenty twenty two is what we meant. Yes
2: so again if it's the future just go get it it's there
1: (laughs) so frog god games has a lot of cool stuff coming out
2: yes their splinters of faith kickstarter just finished um it's one of their classic adventures that's been out for a few years it was just updated to fifth edition and for osr rules um i don't think we have a release date on that one either but uh generally they're pretty quick from what we understand from frog god and then um what was his name? I can't remember. You're talking about Alex Kammer. Yes, uh, Alex Cammer, famously the owner of Gamehole Con and True Dungeon. Uh, he also works with Frog God Games, apparently, which was another great thing that we learned at gary Khan, he's working with them on another adventure set to be kickstarted sometime this fall and released somewhere in the october november time frame and from what he told us on our pull aside interview it's going to have some like cthulhu cosmic horror themes that uh uh maybe not specifically to my taste but I i'm super stoked it. i'm yeah. gonna
0: I'm going to make Tyler play it. Right. I feel like this is the thing where Randall and I are going to just sit here and be like, oh, yeah, this is awesome. And then slowly dragging Tyler through spiders with too many legs.
2: Yes. <laughs> I'm, dra- I'm very scared.
0: Oh, God. The only thing they have more than legs are eyeballs. Uh,
1: anyway. Okay. Oh, God. Sorry, uh, buddy. Okay. Too far. Too far. Too far. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Adventure Wee games, AW games. Uh, so, Rise of the Drow, we've talked about Rise of the Draw already. Uh, something really cool Rise of the Drow is going to be available on Foundry, and then other VTTs are coming soon. Another cool thing for folks looking for more PF2 content coming from AAW. Um, so, we talked about the mini dungeon tome that they have out for 5e. They're going to have a, a version of this for Pathfinder 2. So, now, you know, you buy one book, in this book, a ton of mini dungeons that you can use to either insert into your adventure, build an adventure, or basically have, like, go-to book of one-shots ready to go. So that's going to be really cool from them.
0: One of the reasons why I was pumped to make this episode, (laughs) and one of the reasons why it's coming out now, uh, the internet is currently on fire, with Paizo announcing their first book for Dungeons & Dragons in a long time, and the first one for 5th edition specifically. So Paizo actually started out as a company writing third-party content as a Pathfinder was a setting. For three point five, which we've talked about in the past, but like Galarian was a setting, the same way that like Kryn is a setting, Dark Sun is a setting, and you know they, they got very popular. They started doing their own thing. Pathfinder happened as sort of a response to a, a lukewarm reception of fourth edition, and now they're off doing their own thing, which is awesome. And so finally, they're coming back, like they're taking all of that experience that they've gotten in fifteen years of being kind of the the biggest uh, Pepsi to D and D's Coke, like we've talked about in the past. And they're bringing that back, folding it in. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're getting um, the Kingmaker AP Beastiary. Uh, it's going to be awesome. We're getting the Abomination Vaults, It's going to be awesome. There may be some kind of tie-in. Uh, we were talking to more folks at uh, Gary Con, Beetle & Grim. They're a, a third-party company that makes, like, functionally props for your games. Um, and they, so, like, they have, like, boxes of things to enrich an experience playing, for instance... Descent into Avernus, enrich an experience playing well beyond the Witchlight, because they're third party, they're, they're they're like fourth party in this context. You know, they they, <laughs> yeah. they, they have to go through some extra hoops. So I, I I know that they're they're interested in some of that stuff. We'll see if that happens. But either way, Paizo Publishing for Five uh, E again is very cool.
1: Yeah, I think it's really great. So I've enjoyed the experience I've had in Pathfinder too, and of course in in the what are we going to call this? Like the D D family tree, which you know Pathfinder is certainly part of. I've only played 5e in Pathfinder 2. That being said, I'm really impressed with the quality of the content and that it feels like a mature game, a mature world, but a different game, a different world. Um, you know, in my mind, like, i know you could run it any way that you wanted to but D&D almost feels like you know it takes itself very seriously and it's dark and brooding and pathfinder 2 is like slapstick like nah i'm just you know gunslinger run let's make these things happen look i'm throwing the goblin artificer and it's going to be wonderful or not an artificer what are we calling him?
2: inventor in
1: pf2
0: inventor that's what i meant to say sorry team I feel like this is, you just spent too much time playing Rhyme of the Frost Maiden*, and that's why everything's so grimdark for you.
1: It, it could <laughs> be, yeah. It's all the wrong games, all the wrong DMs. Maybe yeah. Me being the wrong DM most of the time. But <laughs> I say that to say, like, the coolest thing to me about this is that folks who maybe have been playing D&D for a long time, and for whatever reason never dipped their toe into the Pathfinder world, will have an opportunity to say okay, I'm just going to try this out. I'm not throwing out all my books. I'm not changing my rule set. I'm just going to see about the quality of that content. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping (laughs) that that gets people to try a little bit of the Paizo content. And maybe, you know,
2: sometimes you play a game of Pathfinder too. Yeah, It'd be pretty cool. Um, I am a little sad that they're not outright converting Kingmaker to 5e. Like they're just doing the bestiary and then... Like, if you buy the updated version of Kingmaker that they're putting out, you can, without too much difficulty, convert the rest, since the monster stats are really the hardest part. Uh, They're also converting their Abomination Vaults adventure path, which I... I don't think we said previously, but uh, it was very, very well-received. We did say that previously. My memory is bad. But it it runs from, like, levels 1 to 12, so it's not insanely long. It was very, very well-received by the Pathfinder community. I haven't read it yet, so I'm very excited to see it once it comes out later this fall.
1: And I guess we're this knee-deep in it already, so let's, like, keep going in Pathfinder 2. What else is coming out?
2: Uh, We have... Two new sourcebooks coming out that we already know about. I don't know if we'll get more this year, but we might get one or two more close to the holidays. Uh, the Book of the Dead comes out in April 2022. If you're if you have uh, been playing since the third edition days, you might remember Liberis Mortis, which was the book of stuff about undead. It's that for Pathfinder Second Edition. There's options for playing undead. There's options for controlling more undead. Uh, Random has mentioned on this path on this podcast many times the Dread Necromancer, and I don't think we're getting any new classes in Book of the Dead. But I can see him visibly having flashbacks. No.
0: Levis <laughs> this <laughs> uh, was really cool, but man. There were some problems. <laughs> yes,
1: I'm. I'm very excited. I feel like I just said that I wanted, like, I want to control many zombies, and you're telling me I can control many zombies.
2: I believe so. Um, I don't know specifically what options are going to be in it. Um, I haven't seen. No, you any. promised. It says in the book description, there's options for controlling undead. I haven't seen anything more specific than that, unfortunately. <sighs> like, like, curse you! Uh, what do you call it when you can't tell whether something's plural or not? Uh, you never call them undeads. Uh, it's like deer; it's already plural. Yeah, I think okay. Surely. Uh, so, fortunately, the wait on that is very short. It comes out this month, so I'm very excited to see that come out. Uh, the cover art is really cool, and people have really latched onto the art of what people are calling a baby zombie. But I'm I'm gonna hope it's a halfling.
1: <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's both.
2: <laughs> um, Second, the Dark Archive supplement is scheduled for release in August of 2022. If you read the Occult Adventures supplement in Pathfinder 1st Edition, and that one was very popular for people who like ghosts and haunted houses and stuff, this is essentially a callback to that. They're bringing in the Psychic class and one more that I'm going to stare at the name of for just a moment. This is great podcasting. If, if you just do that voice. The Thaumaturge, that's the one. All right, so we're getting the Psychic, which was a class in Pathfinder 1st Edition, and the Thaumaturge, which I don't think was, but they may be rolling up some of the other occult classes into one concept. I think there were like four or five standalone classes in Occult Adventures, so um, consolidating them into a few like a smaller number probably makes sense considering the direction of PF2.
1: So does the Thaumaturge like put a small flame in their hand or clean a small patch of clothing or make their voice very loud? Yeah. Is that, that, that's the whole class. (laughs) We'll (laughs) find out. (laughs) Great news. Uh, So we talked about the D and D family tree uh, and that's pretty cool. Uh, So freely publishing also has a lot of really cool content coming out uh, this year. A lot of it actually fairly soon.
0: Yeah. So, due to the magic of podcasting you will hear this before you hear me talk about alien in an upcoming episode but uh so they have an alien rpg uh that i've gotten to read through there's some really cool stuff in there um the the mechanics of it are really neat and the reason why i'm bothering to mention the mechanics is because it's functionally two games slapped together it's one version of the game is meant to be uh they call it cinematic play it's like i want to role play one of the alien movies i want to have short brutal survival horror experience and uh you know at the end of it probably everyone's dead and then they also have campaign play and campaign play is much more freeform. it's much more like what if firefly had like a, instead of a western skin on it it had like a retrofuturism cyberpunk skin on it um and it's yeah so you, there'll be a whole article it'll be neat but upcoming summer this year they are putting out their third big cinematic scenario you can think of it like a a one shot it's it's a one to two shot they're meant to be about four to five hours you can play it as a standalone or it can be the conclusion to the three arc that they have where the the first one um chariot of the gods and then the second one uh was i think destroyer of worlds (laughs) so yeah basically you can either have this be like a Let's have like a 15 hour campaign, which you know, if you especially if you want to play that slowly and like really be cinematic, you could stretch that out into like a, a short campaign, um, you know, maybe over like a handful of sessions. So more of that gonna be very cool. Awesome. All right, I want to talk about Mortborg. All right, so Mortborg, the
1: base rule set, won four innies in 2020, three gold, one silver. Last year's Mortborg Cult Ferratory won gold innie for best supplement. This year, they have more Colt Cult Heretic coming out. Uh, so, supplements coming out. GM Screen's going to come out with it. Uh, essentially, Heretic... Oh, actually.
2: Her- Heretic? 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 Heretical. Heretic. Heretic. Heretic? Look, I just prena- I learned how to pronounce agate, so, like, no judgment.
1: That's fair. Heretic. 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 Her. <laughs> Producer Dan, I'm so sorry. This year, they have Mort Borg Cult Heretic coming out. Uh, what I will say is that it looks really cool if you're a big fan of Mort Borg, If you want more adventure, there's more adventure that's going to be there. Uh, if you want more rules, a way to kind of expand the rule set, take the universe just a little bit further, that's going to be there too. That's coming out uh, April 12th of 2022 uh
2: now me as a a, uh terrified terrified person that i am uh looking at Mork borg and being scared are there cool things in this that i should you know maybe brave the bright yellow pages and look for i think all of like the it is the answer is yes certainly the answer is yes
1: it is not a power fantasy you are not going to play this game and and be the shining hero. You are a Cretan put into this world to suffer until it ends. And that is the game. Cool. So, so it's good elevator pitch. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a lot closer. Um, I I guess I haven't played the Cthulhu world yet, but I imagine it might be a bit closer to that like cosmic horror, except for not cosmic horror, just run-of-the-mill, uh these two two-headed basilisk have told me the world is going to end and it probably is and i have to run from the church people that worship them and uh oh by the way this this wraith automatically wins initiative against me it's great
0: <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure that my elevator pitch from work is what if you were playing D as a peasant oh 100 percent yeah it's like what if you weren't a leveled character what if the entire game was a funnel
1: yeah okay Perfect. Okay. One more quick thing, and then we can leave this alone. The the leveling up mechanic for Morkborg, like base Morkborg, is depending on the number that you have for a given skill, the modifier you have for a given skill, you roll a d6. I think if you're less than that number, you lose a point. And if you're more than that number, you gain a point. And if you roll the number, nothing happens. So literally, like, when, when your DM says it's time to level up, if you're looking at your stats, like, I don't know, I feel pretty happy, please leave me alone. Um, wow. The, the, the trick is, though, I'm pretty sure it can't go negative. So if you've at least, like, you know, the worst that could happen is you're just constantly at zero and one. Okay. Great. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm saying this. Wow. This, I'm hearing what I'm saying. It looks awesome. <laughs> Okay. Oh, be very clear like this if if you're an optimizer, if you're the person who's like, oh, you know I want to build the best character possible, you are missing the point of this game. get in there and just be awesome. The world's gonna end anyway, man, like what are you worried about? Why do you need to have like a six modifier to your presence who cares man just get in there stab some things get some gold solve some problems does not compute you're gonna love it
0: i promise (laughs) all
2: right (laughs) uh so continuing in the things from free league that are dark and scary simbaroam so simbaroma has been around for a very long time this is one of i think it's been under free league for a long time very big name in scandinavian countries in northern europe uh, it's a dark fantasy setting, less of the like grab bag setting that is D&D where we're plundering other cultures and taking some ideas from them. It is specifically just like dark forests, trolls by edges of lakes, spooky stuff like that. Um, so very focused on that. And it's been around for a long time, very popular in that part of the world. And this year we're getting a fifth edition adaptation of The Rules. There is a free tutorial adventure available on Drive RPG that we will link in the show notes. Um, it looks like Kickstarter copies are going to start shipping on March 21st because the conversion was Kickstarted, and I totally missed the boat on that, which makes me sad. But it occurs to me that March has already passed. It is now April, which means if you Kickstarted this thing, you may already have your book.
0: Hopefully, physical copies will be available to the rest of us, very,
2: very soon. I'm looking
0: forward to it. One last thing I want to touch on. We don't have a ton of information yet about death in space, apart from the fact that it's basically like uh you know, also from Free League and it's Grimdark and it's in space. And if this sounds to you like what I just described when I was talking about their alien RPG, hmm
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just gonna be among us in in space, right? <laughs> so instead of like one giant monster, it's a bunch of tiny monsters and like you know, I go think for they... a pair of air duct. <laughs>
0: We, we we haven't really seen something. Oh no! Wait, we have. It's called Vampire. I was going to say we haven't really seen a uh, a role playing game that was just like what if it was mostly like you know social bluffing and and that sort of thing. And then I it occurred to me that that was just absolutely Vampire. So there you go, Vampire in Space. A vampire in Space. There you go. So I'm hoping we will
2: get some. New information on Death in Space. Uh, Free League is friends of the show, so we're hoping to get some early information that we can share with the rest of the world very soon. For the time being, all we know is it is grimdark survival horror in space. Like, that is basically the elevator pitch of the game. That's all we've got for now, but hopefully we'll have more soon. I'm very excited about
1: it. And, and no kidding, like, I would actually be really excited to see that world without the explicit presence Of the Xenomorph trying to kill me. Because space is scary without evil space monsters that melt your skin.
0: You know what I mean? Oh, no, 100%. And honestly, I think, like, like the campaign play, um, and and you should just read my article. I should write this article. Then you should read this article. (laughs) The campaign play, it basically says you shouldn't be throwing xenomorphs at them all that often. So there's, like, a whole chart that you can roll on for, like, complications, and, like, xenomorph is a 6 on a D6. Oh. Theoretically, you might get one every once in a while, but it's mostly just deal with the fact that space is terrible and trying to kill you. So I'm, I'm excited to see how this is different. Same.
1: Alright, if you've enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and rate us on Spotify or your favorite podcast app. It's a quick, free way to support the podcast and helps us to reach new listeners. You'll find links in the show notes. You'll find the affiliate links for source books and other materials linked in the show notes, as well as on RPGbot.net. Following these links helps us to make this show happen every week.
2: Thanks, folks. Oh, that's what the joke was.